Welcome to a brand new episode of the Jam Pack Report today for February the 25th of 2020. Of course, my name is Samuel Adams, and this is a daily gaming news podcast meant to bring you the hottest news you need to know from around the industry. Hosted on YouTube and podcast services around the world five days a week, it is your one-stop shop for all of the hottest news you need to know. And today we have some pretty big news. Without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into it. Electronic Arts is dropping out of GDC 2020 due to the coronavirus. The Game Developers Conference, GDC, will run in San Francisco from March the 16th until March the 20th, but some major game publishers are dropping out. Electronic Arts has become the latest company to pull out from the conference following PlayStation and Kojima Productions. EA has sent through a statement to GameSpot confirming that they will not be officially participating at GDC and are restricting non-essential travel due to the outbreak of the coronavirus. Their statement follows. Quote, having closely followed the global situation with coronavirus and with the recent escalation of cases in new regions, we have decided to take additional steps to protect the well-being of our employees, including the restriction of all non-essential travel. As a result, we are also canceling our official participation at GDC and limiting attendance to other events. We are continuing to monitor the situation and will adjust guidelines to our employees as we feel is appropriate, end quote. EA's decision was first revealed by a LinkedIn post from Alex Scherer, an ad product development specialist at EA. Quote, just received word from corporate and EA will be limiting our presence at GDC, canceling our participation in official GDC events, and all EA employees have been advised to not travel to San Francisco for the conference, the post reads. This will likely lead to the cancellation of multiple panels that EA staff were poised to appear on, including one entitled EA's studio organization, Lessons Learned, which was to feature five speakers from the company. Despite those setbacks, GDC 2020 is still planned to go ahead for now, and to date there have been 53 reported cases of the coronavirus in the U.S., with zero deaths as of February 25th of 2020 here in the States. Now, as you've probably heard... This problem is not going away. This problem is continuing uh, to rear its ugly head around the world. Thousands upon thousands of cases have been confirmed and thousands of people have died globally from the coronavirus. This is not something uh, that is meant to be poked fun at. This is not something uh, that is to be trifled with. This is something that is incredibly serious, uh, regardless of what any kind of official says. The CDC, the Center for Disease Control, put out a statement today just explaining how imperative it was uh, that people prepared for the worst and hoped for the best. And so we've been talking about it here on this program for a couple of weeks now because it has been impacting uh, not only the current gaming space, but also the future of gaming over the course of the next six to eight months. As we see the revealing and launching of several new consoles, the production very well could be impacted depending on how long this coronavirus continues uh, to poison issue when it comes to global safety. Now, I saw a Cheddar report earlier today that said, reports were coming in that a vaccination could be tested in a human format in six weeks. So within the next couple of months, we could be seeing some kind of improvement uh, in terms of the overall situation. But right now, the coronavirus continues to cause issues globally, and that includes here in the United States. As far as the gaming industry goes, though, Electronic Arts is the latest to tap out from GDC 2020, which has lost yet another big content creator when it comes to who you go and listen to, uh, especially at a game developers conference. Going forward, I'm interested to see what happens with other games 
gaming-centric events, especially as the season does approach where you have uh, Guardian Con, which is now, I believe, GCX, something like that, uh, probably through that one for a loop. Anyways, you have various conventions throughout the summer, which are going to be, needless to say, impacted by the coronavirus if this does continue. However, moving on from that news, the Xbox One has gotten yet another simplified dashboard redesign. The update is rolling out now. Microsoft revealed last month it has been working on a whole host of changes for the February 2020 Xbox One update, and now they are finally rolling out. The biggest change is yet another new home interface, so if you have got downloads set to install automatically, you will notice things are different as soon as it hits. Twists have been removed to make room for dedicated rows for Xbox Game Pass, Mixer, Xbox Community, and Microsoft Store, and you will be able to add or remove rows however you wish. Over in My Games and Apps, meanwhile, things have also been pared back for easier navigation. Elsewhere, conversations are finally getting support for images and animated GIFs, and images sent from the Xbox mobile app will now display on console too. Xbox Game Pass members are getting extra controls over what content they download from larger bundle listings, and all players can now decide where their notifications appear on the screen. Switch this up by going to Settings, then to Preferences, then to Notifications, and clicking Default Notification Position. Mixer has been given some viewing improvements. You can now switch chat mode to Classic Chat, which displays messages in their one dedicated space. They meant to say OM, but they said one over at Engadget beside the video. You can also manually select the resolution you want to watch content on and more easily navigate information about individual streamers. Finally, storage management suggestions have been given a tweak to accommodate external storage attached to consoles, and previously, if you ran out of space for your Xbox One, it would make the space-freeing suggestions based on the content taking up the most room on your hard drive. The update now introduces a move option for those with external storage, giving you the choice to move or remove items in order to free up space. Very much so a welcomed redesign. I have given it a look myself, and I must admit, it looks much, much cleaner. And the saddest part about the Xbox One to me is that we are finally inching towards the end of this console generation, and lo and behold, it's finally coming into its own. Right now, my favorite place to play is on Xbox. It is my go-to location for playing games. If a multi-platform game is available on Xbox and PlayStation, at this current point in time, I'm going with Xbox. Xbox, and it's such a shame because if the Xbox had been released in 2013 as the machine that it is today, it would have been a very different console generation. Now, that being said, the PlayStation still has plenty of games, uh, and the library absolutely blows Xbox out of the water in terms of the titles you can actually enjoy. But with that put to the side, the Xbox One is still a very solid machine that has a very cool update. And of course, this is building on the topic that we talked about yesterday, where you can now, or at least in the coming weeks, eject a disc on the original Xbox One and the S and the X via the controller instead of using the dedicated on system button. So all things considered, updates still coming down the pipe, even with new hardware rolling out soon. However, if you are an Xbox One fan, the Xbox Games with Gold for March have been announced. Xbox Live Gold subscribers and Game Pass Ultimate members will get four free games in March as part of the Xbox Games with Gold program. March games will roll out on March the 1st with Batman The Enemy Within, the complete season for Xbox One, and then on March the 16th, Microsoft will give out Shantae Half-Genie Hero. 360 players will have access to Castlevania Lords of Shadow 2 and Sonic Generations, and these are available to Xbox One users via backwards compatibility as well. So, of course, the list of releases is as follows. From March 1st to the 31st, you can pick up Batman The Enemy Within, the complete 
first season. The only season, unfortunately. Shantae Half-Genie Hero is going to be available from the 16th until April the 15th on the Xbox One. Castlevania Lords of Shadow 2 is going to be available from the 1st to the 15th on the Xbox One and the 360. And Sonic Generations is going to be available from the 16th to the 31st of March on the Xbox One and the Xbox 360. And so, of course, in between now and then, you can still download the Xbox Games with Gold for February, which include TT Isle of Man, Call of Cthulhu, and Star Wars Battlefront, if you did want to pick those up. Uh, but overall, cool to see. It's not the best month, not the worst month either. Uh, quite frankly, the standout game here for me is Castlevania. That's kind of the way that I see it. Uh, but if you are looking for a telltale story-based Batman game, by all means, dive into that. Shantae has some pretty good platforming. And of course, Sonic ties in very well with the Sonic the Hedgehog movie uh, that is out now in theaters. So it totally makes sense as to why these games are coming out now, because there is plenty of hype around Batman, plenty of hype around Sonic. And hey, you've got a couple of evergreens in there. When when it comes to Castlevania and Shantae Half-Genie Hero. So, again, dive into those next month. Now moving on to Rainbow Six Siege Director wanted to go free-to-play one day. Development team keen to make the game as accessible as possible. The Rainbow Six Siege development team at Ubisoft Montreal wants the title to go free-to-play one day, according to game director Leroy Efanasoff. But in order for that to be possible, certain features would need to be in place, and ultimately, it is a company decision, he told PC Gamer. Quote, I think on the development team, we want that at some point, he said of the tactical shooter potentially going free-to-play. We want the game to be accessible to everyone. You need certain features ready to be a good and successful free-to-play game, he added, explaining that the team is trying to identify the best solution to combat skilled players using secondary accounts in order to take advantage of the less skilled ones. What is important for us is that we find out as soon as possible that a player is highly skilled in the things that matter, Athanasoff said. The problem right now is that you can play a certain amount of matches with copper players while you are diamond. Athanasoff recently said Ubisoft intends to release Rainbow Six Siege for PS5 and Xbox Series X with the next-gen consoles launch later this year. We talked about that on an episode of Caffeinate. Just kidding, that's the old name for the show, the Jam Pack Report last week. He also confirmed that current and next-gen players within console families will be able to play against each other and said Ubisoft would like to support cross-play between Microsoft and Sony systems. Quote, we are ready to support that, he told Windows Central. And hopefully this will happen because I said it's a general move in the industry and there is nothing that can prevent that. It is just a matter of time before it happens. Ubisoft has previously spoken of not wanting to fragment the Rainbow Six Siege player base, which reached 50 million in September 2019, according to the company. Now, this is interesting because this seems like the logical next step uh, for Rainbow Six Siege as it goes forward. I think if this were to take place, Rainbow Six Siege would go to free to play after the launch of the next generation of consoles, probably two to three years down the line, uh, because by that time, new games will have come out and the allure of Rainbow Six Siege, the draw of Rainbow Six Siege won't be quite as strong as it is even in 2020. Uh, and if the game were to go free to play, it would immediately become one of the biggest games on the market, uh, rivaling even, I would say, stuff like Fortnite. And on top of that, if the Call of Duty Battle Royale Warzone is set to go free to play, uh, could be a good competitor to that. Uh, but the thing is, Rainbow Six Siege brings something entirely unique to the table that no other company is really bringing, uh, because no game out there is really like Rainbow Six Siege. There are some that have similar concepts, but when it comes to gameplay, 
Nothing can compete at the current time. And so to make it free to play would certainly be a good move, but the question is how can they implement that uh, to where it continues to make the same amount of money? And on top of that, how can they make sure that the player base is not fragmented? Issues they are facing going forward, but none that have not been overcome by other companies in the past. But moving on, GameStop is trying to save itself by giving $65 in store credit to $15 Rewards Pro subscribers. Sort of. As we have covered extensively in the past, GameStop is in dire straits. The brick-and-mortar games retailer has been hemorrhaging money as it posts net losses and watches year-over-year -year sales revenue tumble. Although GameStop brass is fighting tooth and nail to stay afloat, most onlookers have accepted it's a matter of when rather than if the company will finally go under. GameStop has hatched a new plan to hopefully get people back in the store on a recurring basis. There has been an overhaul to the Rewards Pro membership program. Subscribing to the $15 per year program, or $20 a year if you prefer a physical copy of Game Informer rather than digital, will net you $65 in GameStop Rewards certificates. Now hold on. There's a catch. You get $5 immediately upon signing up and then five bucks each month for the whole year. The coupons are not stackable, however, and they have to be used within the 30-day period they are distributed. GameStop has been playing around with the rewards tweaks for its pro memberships for a while now, and these changes were technically announced last May, but only a handful of test stores were included. Now it's being rolled out across all stores, and it's also worth noting this new structure does away with the 10% off used games and accessories that pro subscribers used to get. So that's a free $50 to spend at GameStop over the course of a year, $65 minus the $15 subscription cost, and of course a steady trickle fee of $5 at a time is not usually enough to buy anything outright, meaning people will have to spend additional money to make use of their rewards. It might be worthwhile to anyone who's already loyal to GameStop, but most other people probably won't be too enticed by modest savings that come with the prerequisite of spending more. Yeah, bad move, honestly, because quite frankly, whenever I first read the headline, sweet, $65, and then I realized, hey, that's five bucks a month, and that literally gets me a PlayStation 3 game that wasn't good when it launched on the PlayStation 3. That's the kind of value that they're trying to give you. Now, I understand the incentive here because let's say that Cyberpunk 2077 is coming out in September and you have a $5 credit for that month. You can go save five bucks. It entices you to go spend $55 plus tax at GameStop as compared to $60 plus tax at Target. Some people might go for that. That's not nearly enough of a discount for me to forego just ordering it on Amazon or even buying it digitally, especially since on the Xbox One it is going to be forwards compatible uh, with the next generation. So right now, uh, lots of uh, bad moves going on at GameStop, but they are trying to save whatever is left of the company. Of course, we talked last week about how a new report has come out showing uh, that internally, just complete and total turmoil. People are terrified, jobs are being lost, people are talking about when the company is going to close. It's just a really bad situation over at GameStop. And so my thoughts go out to the people going to be uh, impacted by this closure, but it seems all but inevitable at this point that GameStop is going to be shuttering within the next year, uh, maybe even sooner in my opinion. However, that's a sad story. Let's talk about something good and lighthearted, shall we? Nintendo comes to the rescue after 95-year-old grandmother's Game Boy breaks. You gotta love a good feel-good story. In the Asai Shimbun, ooh, I don't know what that is, one of Japan's largest newspapers, and now we know, 70-year-old Kuniko Susaka recounted how her mother always had a Game Boy nearby to play Tetris. But when her mother turned 95 and her health started to suffer, her Game Boy stopped working. 
This was her mother's third Game Boy, and Susaka, who lives in Chibi, was not able to find a store selling the handheld, nor could she find any shop able to fix it. Susaka's son mentioned Nintendo's excellent customer service, and what followed proves just that. This story was recounted on Twitter, where it was racked up with over 197,000 likes and has been republished on popular sites like Nico Nico News and Sora News, but it first appeared in the February 21st print edition of the Asai Shimbun. When the grandson mentioned Nintendo's excellent customer service, he said, Kami Tayo, which literally means God support or better yet, divine interaction, with Kami meaning God or spirit. It is used to describe incredible service or corporate responses. However, Susaka thought her son said the word Kami, meaning paper, so she wrote Nintendo a letter along with the busted Game Boy, and within a week she got more than a paper in response. Nintendo did not have spare parts to fix the Game Boy, so instead sent along a new Game Boy discovered in its warehouse along with a letter wishing the grandmother a long life. Susaka's mother lived until she was 99 years old, in control of her mental facilities right up until the end, and counting her blessings along the way. Up in the sky, she's thankful, I think, Susaka added, no doubt playing Tetris too. That's how I want to go, playing Tetris. Uh, but I wanted to share this because Nintendo has always been heralded for its customer support. Regardless of how long it takes, you still will be able to take your product to Nintendo and they will fix it. They are very good about that. They are very customer oriented and gamer focused. And that is a fantastic set of skills and of values to have, especially in today's day and age. Uh, but of course, this story in and of itself, uh, although it is a couple of years old, is something that is absolutely worth covering on today's episode. And I hope you guys got as much out of it as I did. But that rounds out today's episode of the Jam Pack Report. If you enjoyed it, drop me a like down below. And of course, the show is hosted five days a week, Monday through Friday on YouTube and podcast services around the world world. So be sure to subscribe and stay tuned for more. But until next time, you guys have a good one and peace.